Hello, my name is Josh. I'm Jamie. I welcome to a conversation with QT, the podcast for talking about movies, comics, and everything in between. Today, we're going to be talking about everything from what won it this year's Academy Award to our thoughts on the latest episode of The Mandalorian Season 3 and the season finale of HBO's The Last of Us and much more. Also, feel free to follow us on all our social media platforms. We're on Twitter and TikTok at Combo with Two Geeks. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation with Two Geeks. And if you want to send us an email, if anything from this episode or one of our previous episodes, we're at Conversation with Two Geeks at gmail.com. You can find back catalog on Spotify, podcasts, Google Podcasts, and where our podcasts are listened to. How are you today, Jamie? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, yesterday was um, we just concluded wrap on um on my production job which mm-hmm. i'll give it another week or two before i'll reveal like what that exactly was because i don't mm-hmm. know how that how much i can how much i'm actually fully comfortable revealing but let's just say it was a very long running day show with over 21 seasons and stuff and wow yeah that was it's both legendary and stuff and yeah um and i really liked working with my co-workers and stuff and i'm gonna miss them um and yeah. just yeah, no, it really was an opportunity that I never really fully expected, to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest, because I got this thing, like, right out of college. Yeah. And it wasn't even particularly in, like, this was, like, again, daytime television, so, like, this wasn't even within, like, the realm that I'm normally into. Like, I'm, so, like, I'm just, I'm grateful for the opportunity and stuff. Yeah. And so. Yeah, but, that's cool. If you have good coworkers, it always makes it better, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I really did like my coworkers as well as my supervisor, <laughs> and just yeah, but yeah, yeah. My but, job, I have a good bond with a lot of my coworkers, and I have a lot of respect for our main boss who runs our store. So, you know, yeah. it it like I know I'm not going to be there forever, but like it is, it's 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 hard because they do be, kind of become like a second family in a way because you spend a lot of time mm-hmm. with them and getting to know them. So. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, no, you, you really do and stuff. Yeah. Anyways, uh, let's get into our first topic, shall we? Mm-hmm. On March 12th, the 95th Academy Awards aired on ABC with everything, everywhere, all at once. Yup. Uh, winning seven Oscars, including Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Original Screenplay, I might add, for writer-directors Daniel Kwan and Daniel Shiner, a.k.a. The Daniels, uh, Best Actress for Michelle Yeoh, uh, Best Supporting Actress for Ki Huey Kwan, um, Best Supporting Actress for Jimmy Lee Curtis, I have some thoughts about this, and Best Editing for Editor Paul Rogers. Meanwhile, the rest of the winners included Best Actor, which went to Brendan Fraser for his performance in Daranofsky's The Whale, uh, Best Adapted Screenplay went to Sarah Pauly for Women Talking, Best Anime Feature went to Gemmel del Toro Pinocchio, um, Best Visual Effects went to Avatar The Way of Water, Best International Feature went to Germany for All Quiet on the Western Front, which also one best cinematography and best virtual score and final and finally and i know these aren't all the awards but this is pretty much the the, the big the, ones the, the, the big ones there's also uh, there's also others and stuff and um, you can find the list in our show notes and such and finally for best original song we got from the movie rr which if you're not seen i highly recommend it's on netflix cool 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 yeah. cool so yeah um I will say, um, okay, first off, did you watch the Oscars this year? I watched a bit of it. Um, I did catch uh, Michelle Yeoh's speech and uh, uh, Key Key's speech as mm-hmm. well. Um, listen, ever since I, wa- I made my mom watch that movie, me and her absolutely love him very much. So she got so excited and I totally forgot they were on for a second. So she called me and she's like, she's like, you got to come see it. You got to come see it. 
And she, it was the best supporting actor award. And I was like, oh, I totally like, I totally forgot. I was like, oh, I hope he wins. And he did. And we were both very excited. And it was just very nice. But yeah. Um, and I did see uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's speech as well. Yeah. So. I, I'll get into that because that's my only really nitpick that I have to gripe with. I Yeah. loved, I love Jamie. She's a horror queen, but I agree with you because I know what you're going to say. And I had a long conversation with my mom about this too. If we were doing this based off of performances, like straight up these performances from these movies, Mm -hmm. it should have gone to it to Angela or Stephanie. It should have either Yeah, one of them. yeah, either, either one, either one. It's just I think they gave this to Jamie because this is more of like a lifetime achievement kind of award thing for her overall career. Yeah. And it sucks in a way. Um Because it, it it should be based off of the performances from the movies Yeah. that for that that's up for the nominations, but Yeah. but I like I get it. Yeah. It Just. sucks. I I just I don't know. It I feel like that one was kind of could have gotten any any way, but I think it was between Angela, Stephanie, and Jamie, to be honest, because I feel like those kind those two were kind of like Up there, I'm I'm sad for Stephanie, but I'm not as because she's still young, so she still has a lot more opportunity. So, um, I won't be surprised if we see her up for another Oscar again Mm -hmm. anytime soon. So, Very, like, yeah, very, very soon. I just the amount of disrespect for black women this year. I know, It just. I know it sucks. It's a bummer. I I I I fucking hate it. Uh, when I was I so It's so I. conflicting because the because everywhere everything all at once did so well and swept so many awards and it's and that is for a minority thing so it's very weird Yeah, like and very conflicting feelings about it you know yeah, and I and I love Jamie. I even love Jamie in that movie, but she was only in the movie for like ten minutes, I know ten minutes overall, and like I know. it, it just look again. I uh... It's. I feel like it's one of those things where they didn't know when Jamie was going to get nominated again, so they felt like they maybe had to give it to her, potentially. yeah, but especially considering Angela won everything else, I it know. should have been a shoe in. I know. I just I don't disagree with you. I don't. It's just one of, I don't know. It's just, just one of those weird things where, like, just unfortunate, you know? Because, like... Because this seat, this this awards, this the Oscars felt like giving people who have been in the industry for a long time giving them their due, you know, kind of. Mm -hmm. especially So like, for some that got massively yeah, like Brendan Fraser, like big Fraser, which Joe Yeo's been in the industry for a long time. Yeah. He like so uh, this also kind of felt like this was just like awarding people This who was have to deserved come back it. to come back here. Yeah, like the comeback year. So, like, I don't know. It's just, like, I'm conflicted about it, too. Like, I'm happy for Jamie. I'm glad she finally got her Oscar. Mhm. Mm It just sucks that it's just the, this year against these people. Because if she wasn't in it, it would have gone to either Angela or Stephanie. yeah, So, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, and just it's just one of those, I don't know, man. It just sucks. It, it it really does, and just and I can't just. Because I don't want to take away from what Jamie did, but, like, in her career and... She did do good in the movie. Like, I'm not denying it. She was Yeah, funny. 
Yeah, but it's just again, just especially when you compare the role. The yeah, roles, exactly. Roles like if anything, like if they were going to give it to someone, like Stephanie should have been the pick. Stephanie should yeah. have been the pick, but they, I don't know what the fuck was going on, and I didn't know why they, why. Uh, 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 this leads me to a whole thing about A twenty four and them pushing Jamie over Stephanie. But I, 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 I don't know. I digress. Anyways, it is weird because yeah. like. Yeah, it's just Stephanie had such a bigger part, like, mm-hmm. and was in the movie way more than Jamie was, and like, uh-huh. and was the like played two, like, played the daughter and then played the antagonist, like, in the movie. Yeah, so it was just like, I don't know, it's one of those weird, complicated things. And like, mm-hmm. A24 did a good job at pushing the movie and trying to make sure that they got as many awards as they could out of it and mm-hmm. it was well deserved but yeah yeah no the, yeah. again that's the only really big huge rep i have everything else though i was pretty damn happy with yeah because it's such especially with especially with the movie winning best picture mm-hmm. fuck yeah um yep. yo and, and then harrison ford giving them the award and then that that is the best me, that almost made me cry like th- there were moments where i was just like i was like almost sobbing also brendan it's just so precious man I freaking mm-hmm. love him and like he needs to be in everything or i don't know what he needs to be in keep casting him and stuff because i'll watch whatever he's in actually i do have a rec- show recommendation it's currently airing right now watch shrinking um uh, it's on apple tv plus um and from some of the same people that did uh ted lasso and he has a role in it and seeing harrison ford do comedy is mm-hmm. i it's just uh, it's just fucking funny and i think he's gonna be up for some stuff at this year's emmys but yeah yeah i've seen that um, yeah but yeah no uh but just to get on the other list because we, we could talk forever about the daniels and them yeah. and, and just and just everything everywhere at once just sweeping this year yeah um, I, I do. It. Yeah, I do want to give some love to Brendan for the whale. Mm-hmm. That I haven't been... seen it, but it was well deserved. I've heard. Yeah, I, it is well deserved. It is a very heavy film, and when I mean heavy, I mean in topics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like watch, so I can't go in at your own risk with this one. Okay, folks. Yeah. Um, it's a good movie, but just actually, yeah. Um, I hadn't seen Women Talk. Yet. I missed out. I missed out on four of the nominations this year. Tar, Women Talking, Triangle of Sadness, and All Quiet on the Western Front. Mm-hmm. So um, I can't really speak to Best Adapted Screenplay or um, Best International Feature, but I can speak on Best Animated Feature, which, by the way, my my boy, Guillermo del Toro, is a two-time mm-hmm. Oscar winner. Let's fucking go! Just, Very cool. I and, I and I know you haven't seen much of del Toro stuff. This might actually be a good gateway. Is it the Pinocchio? It's the Pinocchio, right? It's the Pinocchio one. Not the Zemeckis yeah. one, but the stop motion one. Yeah. Like, it isn't... It's weird. But it's one of those weird things that, like... I think you might be... I think you might be okay with it. Because I know... Because okay. it's it stuff... Because it's got to lean to more gothic or something. I know how much you have. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But I do, I do sincerely recommend it and stuff. And also, I'm just... I'm, I'm happy that my movie... Uh, I'm I'm happy that not to not to from RR one mm-hmm. and stuff. It honestly, if if India freaking got their shit together and was able to push the goddamn movie, we could have had another parasite situation this year. Mm-hmm. But instead, they didn't. 
So I, I'm still I'm, I'm still a little pissed off about that. But hey, I'm happy that they got something. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, but yeah, no. And and speaking of my, and going back to my boy Gimel del Toro real quick, uh, this actually leads us to our next topic, where a exclusive deadline reports that Oscar winner Gimel del Toro will be writing directly a live action adaptation of Frankenstein for Netflix with Andrew Garfield, Oscar Isaac, and Mike. Uh, no, Mia Goff, pardon me. Mia Goff are an early talks to star. However, it should be noted that according to the exclusive, Del Toro is still working on the script and will know former honors have been given to any, any actors he has met with all three and they're all on board to start. In addition, Del Toro has been developing the Frankenstein project for some time, for some time, and has long wanted to make a movie centered on the iconic Mary Shelley story, with it being unknown whether or not it's going to be a period piece or set in modern times. Also unknown is who's going to be played Dr. Frankenstein or his creation, but it is really that Mia Goff will be playing the Doctor's love interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm in. I um, mean, Oscar Isaac and Andrew Garfield in a movie together. <laughs> yeah, be fun. I, I'm, I'm, yes, please. Um, where's my goddamn wallet? Uh, ticket, please. For real, uh, that'd be fun. I'll, I'll be there day one. Also, Mia Goff in it as well, who I believe should be in everything now. And I'm just like not as it. familiar with her, but yeah. Um, she's been in some horror stuff recently. Okay. So like, yeah, she's been in some horror stuff like X Pearl. And recently, um, Infinity Pool, real quick. Also, I saw um, I saw her at a Q and A for the ladder uh, for the ladder from Infinity Pool. And I didn't know she was British. Oh, she is. That's cool. So that's interesting. But yeah, no, I uh, take it, please, for uh, yeah. this. Uh, I, <laughs> uh, oh, I yes, just yes. Let me may the Gemma Del Toro supremacy reign. Brilliant. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah. All right. Anyway, moving on to our next topic. Uh, first reported on by Jeff Snyder of the podcast The Hot Mic, and then corroborated by a variety of other outlets. Jenna Ortega is eyeing a role in the long in development Tim Burton uh, sequel to Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice 2, with the actress currently in talks to play the daughter of Lydia Dietz, portrayed by Wayana Ryder in the original film. This marks her second time working with Burton, who was an executive producer on Wednesday and director four of its eight episodes. Michael Keaton is also uh, set to reprise his role as a teacher character. So, Huh. This one has very much been in development for a very long while. I, mm-hmm. And I think they probably now might be able to, now that Burton has finally something, um, it might be able to actually get on get on board. Also, this comes at a very interesting time because in addition to being in the most recent Scream movie, which I will talk about later today, um, in addition to being in the most recent, she's also uh, received some flack recently for kind of... Uh, Basically, kind of put it in a nutshell, she kind of was like, yeah, when it came to the lines on Wednesday, which uh, which on my end, which full disclosure on my end, I've only really seen the pilot episode. It's one of those shows that like I meant to watch, but I kind of went dropping off from and then ultimately yeah. kind of got spoiled from. Um, yeah. Apparently, like she was kind of rewriting dialogue on set and like the showrunners have talked about this and they did say like, yeah, it was kind of like that. But she did in such an informal way. It's actually starting to piss off other creatives like for example Steven S. Tonight is really pissed off. Yeah, I've heard about that where she was like trying to fix the lines and she would get on set and like look at the script or whatever and then she would like try to rework it. Cause she mm. to, to her it didn't make sense. So I think I think sometimes you need to be a little writers need to be a little bit open to that. But I feel like if you do it too much, like how it sounds like she was doing Mm-hmm. Like I understand writers getting upset, but mm-hmm. you have to have that balance, like mm-hmm. you know. 
And it's a very tricky balance, mind you. Yeah, yeah. It's something that even like most writers like, you know, aren't, you know, it is, it's, it's, it's tricky because you do want to respect the page, but also just like, you know, add in your you own. You want to make sure like it stays in character. And if you read something and you feel like that doesn't make sense, like I could see what she was doing, but also can understand writers getting upset. So yeah, it feels like he, she did not tell the line very well or crossed it. So yeah, and it's yeah, and just yeah. Also, leave Stephen S. tonight alone, folks, because he well he does have a points and stuff. He the amount of shit. Writers are always going to be biased to it. You're not going to be able to change their mind. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's their job, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to our next topic. We got an official trailer for The Little Mermaid. The synopsis reads, The youngest of Key Train's daughters and the most defined, Ariel longs to find out more about the world beyond the sea, and while visiting the surface, falls for the dashing Prince Eric. While mermaids are forbidden to interact with humans, Ariel must follow her heart. Directed by Rob Marshall, the film stars um, Haley, Haley Berry as Ariel, uh, Jonah Hauser-King, David Diggs, Aquafina, uh, Jacob Tremblay, Norma Dimashwini, uh, Javier Bardem, and Melissa McCarthy as Ursula. The film is slated for release on May 26. So, here, okay. So, I first watched this trailer while watching the Oscars with some of friends of mine and stuff. And all of us kind of were like, yeah, it looks fine. It just it looks weird. But then I rewatched the trailer before actually watching the show. And I actually kind of dug it a little bit. This is okay. So I have two two Disney movies that define my childhood. Mm-hmm. Lion King and Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. Okay, those two are on repeat. Like, these are the two movies that I've been so nervous. And I don't know if I ever talked about this, but I did not like the live-action version of The Lion King. I don't think no one did, so much so that, like... Uh... Yeah, I know. But, like, I really, like... I'm not one to normally not like movies... Mm-hmm. But I could go on a whole rant. That's a whole other discussion about mm. my issues with that movie. Oh, there were a um, lot of issues. Don't even get me started. And I saw it in theaters, so. Oh, I did too. I did too. And it was, I was like, even my mom was like, wow, you really didn't like this movie. Huh? I'm like, no, not really. Um, But, so I'm very nervous for The Little Mermaid. I really actually like the trailer. I understand people think being weirded out by the animation of like the... Sebastian and stuff looking more like a realistic mm-hmm. crab and stuff like that and the sequels and all that mm-hmm. fun stuff. So I, I get it. I'm going to remain hopeful. I did actually like the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, I don't know. I have, I, I think that Halle, Halle Berry is going to do a fantastic yeah. job. Her voice is already top notch. Mm-hmm. She sounds amazing. And, and the clips that we've heard from her so far mm-hmm. and, the little bit of the scenes that I've seen, I like her. I like her a lot. So mm-hmm. um, I'm very excited to see this movie. Very nervous for this movie, mm-hmm. but I have I I'm being cautiously optimistic. So, that, but I don't think the trailer was that bad. I really don't. I don't think the CGI is that bad. People yeah. are complaining about it. I I think if you're basing it off of Avatar, you guys can't do that because Avatar is a whole other beast. So, yeah, and, I'm, and that was like a ten plus year movie being made. Yeah, so. and I, yeah, and I noticed that same thing, especially like when it came to also another water based, somewhat water based movie, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, mm-hmm. where a lot of people were kind of basing it off that, and that came out like a month before Avatar, and then Avatar yeah, came can't, out. Yeah, you can't do that. It's not. 
Because I really don't think the CGI is going to be that bad. And they're probably yeah. still, they could probably still do a little bit of touch up if they wanted to, because they mm-hmm. still have a couple months. So, like, mm-hmm. they have time, but a little bit to clean it up if they wanted to. But I don't think it's going to be that bad, you know? Yeah, yeah no, like, I think so far, yeah, I, especially with the, after watching it a second time, because I watched it on, I also watched it with like three or four other people and like a, on a, like a big screen, on like a TV screen. Mm-hmm. And I I also think I might have missed a couple of bits because I might have been talking and stuff. That's possible, yeah. So yeah, or it might have been cut down for time. But I, you know, it wasn't that bad. It's not. It's it not. It wasn't that bad. And just I don't know. I, I'm with you. I'm consciously optimistic, but we'll see. This could go either or. Yeah, it can. It it can. I do think this does feel like it has more heart into it than the Lion King did. Mm-hmm. I do feel that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think this story will translate a little bit better mm-hmm. into live action. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm hopeful for that. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll just have to see. I'm just, I think, um, I think as long as Halle, Halle Berry is good, I'm going to be okay. So, because yeah. I, because I think she already sounds fantastic and I can already kind of see her as Ariel, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so even from the little bit we've seen. So I'm, I'm just excited to see her, to be honest. I think she's going to be great. Yeah. I think if anything, she's going to be a standout. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to our next topic. And this, I was actually kind of surprised that we even got it for this, but uh, Quentin Tarantino, best known for directing films such as Pulp Fiction and Glorious Bastards, What's a Fun Time in Hollywood, among others. Um, is setting up his 10th and potentially final film. He's usually back and forth with this. Um, with the movie critic, with filming set to start later this fall. While plot details are scarce, the exclusive describes the story as being set in late 1970s Los Angeles with a female lead as center. With the story, with the story could potentially be focusing on Pauline Kale, one of the most influential movie critics of all time, who has also had fights with filmmakers, studios, and editors in the 1970s. Kale had a brief tenure working as a consultant for Paramount, a position she accepted at the behest of actor Warren Beatty. The timing of that position job, of uh, that Paramount job, um, seems to coincide with the setting of the script, and the filmmaker is known to have a deep respect for Kale, making, her, making the odds of her being the subject of the film even more likely. Also, he just side note on this. Um, recently, he just published a book called Cinema Speculation. I believe that there's a huge chapter dedicated to Kale, so even more so this theory. Mm-hmm. Right now, the studio, the project does not have a studio at home, but one frontrunner could be Sony, where Tarantino has a tight relationship with CEO Tom Rothman. As Sony should be once upon a time in Hollywood, would with the film making nearly $400 million worldwide and nabbing two Oscars, as well as giving the Tarantino a unique deal in which the copyright reverts to him over time. So, this is again, I because here's the thing with Tarantino right now, Tarantino, like I think he just recently got married and he has a kid. And I think for a little while, for the last I think couple of years, he's been living in Israel of all places where I think his wife's from and stuff. And you know, and so like I had thought, I'm like, you know, maybe he, maybe nine movies is he hung up his coat, but no, he's gonna be back with that. I, I guess he's because the thing with Tarantino and like the whole ten movie thing is that he's always said like for a while that like he's always wanted to do ten, but there's also times where he's just like mm, maybe I'll do a little bit more in ten. I, I imagine that's probably gonna be at least like ten or maybe even eleven or twelve. But no more than like past that. And like he might just direct and might just to finish out his career, he might direct some episodes of television and stuff. But 
Yeah, no, but this is this is interesting. Um, and the whole Pauline Kael thing angled sounds very interesting, especially given that there is a chapter in his book where he discusses that and stuff. But yeah, what, what do you think about this? Um, yeah, I don't have very many thoughts. I think it's cool. Um, it makes sense, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, when he's done, when he feels like he's done, he's done. You know, so we'll see. We'll have mm -hmm. to kind of see. So yeah, yeah, yeah no, it most definitely, most definitely, yeah. Anyway, moving on to our second to last topic of the day, we got an official trailer for Beef. Uh, Substance reads, Beef follows the aftermath of a road rage incident between two strangers, Danny Cho, played by Stephen Young, a mm -hmm. failing contractor with a chip zone solar, uh, goes head-to-head -head with Amy Lau, played by Amy Ali Wong, a self-made entrepreneur with a picturesque life, created by uh, Lee Sung-jin, and along with Young and Wong, the film stars Ashley Park, Maria Bello, Ayana Sky, Andrew Satino, Cynthia Wu, and Justin H.M., among others, the show is set to drop on Netflix April 6th. So mm -hmm. this, okay, so I'll be honest. I first actually thought that this was actually based off an image comic, uh, which it isn't. I did the research, and while there is a comic called The Beef, it's not connected to that and stuff, and it's, it's actually a very different thing. But either way, this, it sounds interesting. Mm -hmm. It looks, the trailer looks interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, it should be cool. I mean, I think it's going to be... Uh... It looks kind of fun, you know. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It was interesting. The trailer was interesting. It was intriguing. Yeah. Also, uh, my boy Glenn. Our boy Glenn. I know. It's gonna be so much fun. Oh, I'm. I'm. I'm I think um him and um Ali Wong are gonna play off of each other real well. Yeah. So it should be funny. I think there's gonna be a lot of good comedic moments between them. So I, I love that bit where she's just like screaming into the phone and just I think that's just uh, her husband's like, uh, honey. Yeah, and then also it's like just she just walks down, be just the ladder, the ladder bit and stuff, and just I, I just Ali Wong, just yeah, uh, like I don't it's, know. It looks like there's gonna be some good comedic, like kind of a little bit dark comedic moments in this, so it should mm -hmm. be fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. Also, um, okay, I'll be fully honest with Wong. I need to watch that movie. Always be my maybe. Mm, I haven't seen that either. Um, it's a romantic comedy that she did with uh, Randall Park. Oh, okay. It's one where Ricky Anu has that cameo. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, so there's that. And then also, I know she was in a a little bit, uh, in a bit of uh, Paper Girls. Oh, okay. I was gonna, I, I thought that was her. Okay, yeah, that makes sense now. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. She's I mean, great in that, too. Yeah, and stuff. And and I think she also was in Birds of Prey for a hot second. I had to rewatch it. I can't remember if she was. I think she did she, a small role. Yeah, I think she played the D the DA in that, who was like um Montoya's girlfriend. Uh yeah, you might be right. I can't remember for sure, but I had to mm -hmm. Yeah, you might be right. But yeah, uh, yeah, no, I'm I I just I just I, I think they're gonna have a good dynamic and also just I this just looks funny as fuck. It does. It does look very funny. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, moving on to our last topic and we finally got a freaking announcement on this. and But also just, this is very interesting. Mm -hmm. Anyways, first announced on Twitter and then by other outlets, James Gunn revealed that on, revealed on his personal Twitter account that in addition to writing the upcoming film Superman Legacy, the Superman reboot in his and producers Peter Safran's new DC uh, DCU or DC Universe, uh, that he will also be directed with him sharing a personal end of. Yes, I am directing Superman Legacy to be released on July 11, 2025. My brother Matt told me when he saw the release that he started to cry. I asked him why. He said, dude, 
That's that's per- it's dad's birthday. I hadn't realized. Gunton Gun continues saying, I'll hit that three almost three years ago. He was my best friend. He didn't understand me as a kid, but he supported my love of comics and my love of film, and I would not be making this movie now without him. It's been, it has been a long road to this point. I was offered Superman years ago. I initially said no because I didn't have a way that and that felt unique, unique and fun and emotional that gave Superman the dignity he deserves. Then a, a, then a bit l- less than a year ago, I saw a way in, in, in many ways, centering around Superman's heritage and how both his astrocratic Kryptonian parents and his Kansas farmer, Kansas farmer parents inform who he is and the choices he makes. So I finally, so I chose to finally take on writing the script, but I was hesitant to direct, despite the constant pestering by Peter Safran and others to commit. Sorry, Peter. Uh, just because I write something doesn't mean I feel it in my bones visually and emotionally enough to spend over two years directing, especially not as something of this magnitude. But the long sh- and short of it is, I love the script and I'm incredibly excited as we begin this journey. Hashtag up, up, and away. So we finally got confirmation on this. And I will say this. I'm excited to see what James Gunn does in, in terms of directing. I know that he's a very different style than mm-hmm. what normally Superman brings um, a lot yeah. with it being a lot more cynical but after reading this and after reading how much the project means to him I finally see I finally am like okay let's see what let's see how you execute this James yeah I think he'll do um I think he'll do a good job um I know people are worried that he's gonna bring too much of like the Marvel humor to it I think some people are a little bit worried about that but um, I think if it means this much to him, and I feel like if he'll, you take that and put it into the project, I think he'll do he'll do a good job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. And, and yeah, and yeah, and just yeah, yeah, and I wouldn't even say it's also Marvel humor; it's more his type of humor. Yeah, probably. Yeah, more his type of humor. Which, by the way, if you've only really seen the Guardians movies from him, go watch the Suicide Squad. Go watch Peacemaker. Go watch even like Slither and Super because he has a very very specific style that the Guardians only has like a fraction of. Yeah. And just, yeah, it becomes very, very interesting. And I just love how dynamic of it, of just both as a writer and director he is. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I'm yeah. fully in at this point. Yeah. All right. Anyway, moving on to our recommendations for the week. We got a new episode of The Mandalorian. And this episode was a little bit more different than usual. Um, overall, mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty good. The opening chasing was fun, and seeing Din and Bo work together was a lot of fun. Um, we also got a little bit suspense that Bo might, with Bo being the only one that saw the Mythosaur, and while Din might have dark hair, might be Bo might be seeing another go. And then finally, we go to Coruscant where we catch up with Doctor Persing and. Officer Kane, and I've heard mixed reactions to this. Personally, I didn't mind it. I actually kind of thought it was interesting, mm-hmm. but also like I can see where people have issues with it. But, but I, it did kind of. But but then we did. But then towards the end, we did go back with like Din and Bo, and like we see did get redeemed and sent them back into the fold. And yeah, um, what did you think? Um, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I did think it was maybe a little bit jarring when we switched straight to Coruscant. Because it like I didn't think we'd spend that much time over there, but we spent a good mm-hmm. chunk of the episode mm-hmm. in Coruscant. 
I do think it was very interesting, and I do think that it was probably necessary because they're going to do something with that cloning tech. You know, like, I think that's going to be a big part and stuff. So, um, but overall, I thought the episode was pretty good, though. So. Yeah, I don't know. Definitely, definitely. I definitely could see that clone tech potentially being, if not in use in this show, then potentially in a future show. And also, we we know where it ends up. Yeah. With the return of a certain, certain uh, emperor. Yeah. Which we, we kind of knew where that was going. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Overall, overall, I dug it. Anyways, let's talk about The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Oh, overall, uh, this was an amazingly emotional finale, and by extension, the series. Amazing um, drug mini company created what is the, probably the most definitive video game adaptation that managed to not only respect what came before, but add things in to improve upon it. As the cast, Pedro, Pedro Pascal, and Bella Ramsey are perfect as these characters to two lead. It's fantastic cast from beginning. And with some amazing, uh, amazing Emmy-worthy performances from like Gabriel Luna, uh, Nick Offerman, Melanie Lewinsky, among, uh, just among others, and just all in all, season one of HBO's Last of Us was an amazingly emotional and intense, tele- intense season of television with some amazing performances by its entire cast with some great writing for me and Druckmann, boot them up, highly recommend it, can't wait for season two, and yeah, no, this this show, just... Yeah. Do, do... I don't even know what to say, <laughs> but no, it was it was really good. Um, I understand. I'm a little bit conflicted about what Joel did. I get it because mm-hmm. I really don't think there was going to be a good way either way. To be honest, so I understand. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. honestly, I'm more mad that he just straight up lied to her. To be honest. Like, that bothers me more than what he actually did. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like she knows that he's, he's lying. Mm-hmm. And she's just accepting it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So I feel, I feel more worse about that than anything, to be honest. But, um, yeah, and they already kind of started setting things up for next season. So it should be fun. Yeah. yeah. More, more trauma. Oh, it's just, <laughs> it's going to get crazy. It's not. Hope you guys enjoyed this season because this is nothing. Again, I'm setting my therapy pills to me. Yeah, you might want to. Just, I'm uh, even joking. <laughs> just uh, send it to the HBO offices and just and just stop and just because yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, everything with the last ten with the last bit. And here's the thing: I knew about that choice. I knew about that choice from the games yeah. and stuff, but it just seeing on screen and also seeing how they executed it on screen. Like I have to give that props to um, editor Timothy A. Good and his team because, like, it was because, like, I guess in the game it's a bit more of like a John Wick sort of style, whereas like here yeah, it's, it's a like a little edited. bit more you're a little bit more stealthy. You try to kill everybody. You just mm-hmm. kind of go go crazy in a way. Mm-hmm. So like, I think they did a good job. My dad watched it. He mentioned he was like. Oh, I, I I find a little bit unreasonable that you could take down all those people. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Dad, it's based off a video game. Like, you're mm-hmm. just gonna have to go with it. And he he laughed. He's like, okay. That... So, but it was uh, it was it was fun. I yeah. thought like it was a good finale. It was sad, but it was good. Yeah, and just so. this, this fucking show. Yeah. Th- this fucking show. It's just, 
This should be the standard for video game adaptations, both movies and shows moving forward. Maybe not exactly this, but like just in terms of how much they respect the source material. Mm -hmm. Yes. So you agree? Yeah, no, just God damn it, show. Yeah. Anyways, um, also, I don't know if you agree with the cast list or not, but uh, Ted Lasso's back. Yeah, I just watched it this morning. Yeah, oh. that's all that you might be. Yeah, uh, make what you. I miss the show. I I miss it as well. I mm-hmm. I, I I really did. Um, I, I thought episode one that was pretty good. A nice follow up to season two. Also, there's some emotional gut uh, sucker punches, and finally we get to see Rupert, aka Art. Look, I know his name is Rupert, but I just every time I see Anthony Anthony Head. I just think Giles from Buffy, mm-hmm. and it, I'm just gonna call him Evil Giles from now on. <laughs> just um, Evil Giles from now on, stuff, and just manipulating Nate and stuff, and just yeah, I'm definitely getting a um, yeah, they're definitely like I'm thinking about the uh, Emperor vibes on this. Yeah, the Nate storyline is the one I'm most interested in, to be honest, because mm-hmm. I do feel like hopefully eventually he'll make his way back to mm-hmm. Richmond. Mm-hmm. I do think that that is what's going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. I just can't. I just it's very complicated, it, and I feel like the actor is doing a very good job of a very like nuanced uh, mm-hmm. story that has a lot of like there's a lot more to it than just like the what's being presented. You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I don't know if that made any sense, but it's just it's very. It's not very cut and dry mm-hmm. situation, yeah. so yeah. That yeah. being that being said, uh, Keely and Keely and Roy are getting back together by the end of the season, right? I they better let it, listen. <laughs> I listen. <laughs> I love them. Okay, and I need my grumpy soccer coach, football coach, and the bubbly assistant to get back together. So I need it to happen. I know she's not an assistant, but her yeah. marketing. Yeah. So she they're very cute together. I love them together. Yeah. They're a lot of fun. I need them back together. They they'll I'm they're, they're gonna get back together by yeah. the end of the season. Cause I feel like they were just struggling. They remember like is this why I should have done a rewatch before I watched this? Because I'm trying I could not for the life of me remember why they broke up. And I feel mm-hmm. like it was the time like they didn't have enough time for each other. There's stuff going on. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it was because one of them did anything bad. I think it was just like it's just like we're both too busy for each other. Too busy. I feel like that's what happened. I could be totally wrong. I, you're I you're you're right about that. You're yeah. right. About okay. Well, so um, I feel like yeah. they'll figure it out and mm-hmm. they'll get back together. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like they're both. Because even in the last scene with Roy and his niece, he was like, "I don't know if I made the right decision." I'm like, "You didn't. You didn't, brother. It's okay." Yeah, if it, you need some time, it's okay, but you'll get back together. Plus, he used the friend. As long as Jamie, I love like listen, I love Jamie. I do, I do. As long as he just stays on the football team and doesn't get back together with her either. So I'm, I'm hoping that's the case because they've done a really nice job with Jamie. Yes, they did. And like, and I, I like he's just he's he's like my new like I I I think out of all the characters, especially who made a growth. Yes, the series. He's definitely the prime example. I don't think that there's going to be anything. At least I hope not. He's it's- a good parallel to Nate. Mm-hmm. Because 
Mm, yeah, start, yeah. JB started where Nate is now. Mm-hmm. And he has come back full circle. So I think we're going to see a very excellent, like, reverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, not reverse, but, like, Jamie's going to stay there. Jamie's been through his arc. Mm-hmm. But now we're going to see Nate go from good guy to bad guy back to good guy. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's it's very interesting when you watch them parallel each other. So Very, very much so. Very much so. Yeah. And stuff. And, yeah. And then also... I I didn't realize this till the beginning of the episode, but the way how they kind of frame Ted, because I feel mm-hmm. like we talked about everyone but Ted. Yes. Uh, every, but, Ted. Uh, the way how I kind of see them framing it, especially with him, especially with the final minutes being like him learning about the fact that his wife is now ex-wife is, is, seeing moving, somebody. is moving on, it's kind of like shit. I have a very secret feeling that this might be the final season. Especially with the way that they uh, I feel like they're gonna announce it though. I feel like Jason Sudeikis didn't. I feel like he's gonna want to end it on his own terms if he possibly can. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if this was the final season, they would have said something. I could be wrong though, mm-hmm. but I really, I really do feel like they they need to announce it that it's the final season. Yeah. So I could but... like, I don't know. I just. I don't know. I felt for Ted. Mm-hmm. I did mm-hmm. with this, but and I really hope like he doesn't spiral too much. Mm-hmm. I think it this will affect him a little bit, but I really hope he like mm-hmm. opens up to somebody about what's going on, and then they they help him mm-hmm. and stuff. So because it's gonna be hard regardless, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, because his kids like on the other side of the world. Yeah, it's it's a very sucky situation. That's why I really hope that like the team wins this year, wins it all, because I feel like this. That's also a thing that he's struggling with. It's like, why am I still here mm-hmm. on, in London? Like, why am I still in London doing this? We haven't like we're we've barely made it to the Premier League and all of this stuff. So like, mm-hmm. he's just wanting to. Uh, I don't know. I feel like he needs to. I feel like he's. I feel like when his son asked him at the end of the episode, like, "Well, you got to try though, right?" Mm-hmm. He's like, "That kind of made Ted think for a second. He's like, "Yeah, you know what? That's true. I could actually try. Like, not that he wasn't trying, mm-hmm. but like, maybe help him motivate him to mm-hmm. like really sink into it and hopefully mm-hmm. figure mm-hmm. something out." Yeah, yeah, but he's, but still being Ted. So, yeah, but but still being Ted. Yes. Because yeah. we can't forget that. Mm-mm. Yeah. That's why I liked with, uh, uh, what, I, why am I blicking on her name? The um, owner. Um, shit. Uh, I know who you're talking about. Fuck. I should, I, I, I oh, I'm blicking on her name. I'm so bad. This is, this is bad. This is, this is bad on multiple fronts. I'm quickly going, to, I'm so sorry, Hannah went writing him. Yes, her. I forgot. Rebecca, her. Rebecca. Rebecca. Like, I felt like Rebecca was stressing out, and I understood why she was stressing out, but I felt like when Todd was giving his press conference, mm-hmm. she kind of remembered, oh, this is why he's still here. Mm-hmm. Like, he had his Ted moments, and she's like, mm-hmm. that, okay. She's like, he's 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 just being Ted. He's, he's still focused, though. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I We'll see what ends up happening. We will see. Most definitely, most definitely. Well, anyways, um, so I, yeah, anyways, 
So I saw Scream 6 this week, uh, mm-hmm. this past weekend, and it, it was pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. Radio Silence, which consists of directors Matt Benelli, Uplin, Tyler Gill- Gillen, and executive producer Chad Valilli, and company widened the scope of the fr- franchise further with screenwriters Guy Buzak and Gene Vanderbilt, uh, further exploring the, the characters, building one upon what came before, all while also giving us a ton of thrills and surprises. In addition, Melissa Barrera and Jenna Ortega lead and has a memorable cast filled with new and legacy characters, with all of them giving some great performances. Overall, Screen 6 is a exhilarating ride from beginning to end with a good solid script for music and Vanderbilt, some great performances from the cast, and Radio Silence and Company delivering on another great entry in the franchise. Definitely recommend checking this one out. This one was a lot of fun. Oh, okay, cool. So, yeah. Anyway, do so you have any recommendations for us, Jamie, before we close out? No, um, we Ted Lasso, Mando, and The Last of Us this week. That was a lot. Um, yeah, that was that was a lot of, from emotionally. Yeah. So, um, the other thing is like I've just been playing The Sims again a little bit, so that's been fun. But that's really about it. So, all right, well, yeah. let's close out then. Sounds good. Uh, so like I said at the beginning of the show, uh, feel free to follow us on all our social media platforms. One. Twitter and TikTok at Convo with Two Geeks. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation with Two Geeks. And if you want to send us an email with anything from this episode or one of our previous episodes, we're at Conversation with Two Geeks at gmail.com. Well, anyways, take care, everyone. See you later. Bye. Bye bye.